Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. Happy New Year, City Light! My name's Kenan, and like Chuck said, I'm one of the pastors here, and the year is now 2023. We've officially flipped over from 2022 to 2023, and how many of you are feeling a little sleepy this morning? A little, little bit? How many, how many people stayed up till midnight? I did. Can I be honest? At midnight, I was not celebrating. I was preparing this sermon because I was down in KC before that visiting family. But uh, yeah, just so you know, Jen, there's still coffee in the basement. There's still coffee in the basement. If you need to get up during this sermon to go fill yourself up some coffee, it is okay. You are more than invited to get a fresh uh, refill of some fake sleep down there if you need it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and so here's what we're doing to start the year 2023. Uh, we're kind of beginning this new year. And at the new, at the new year, a lot of people begin to make goals and plans and what we call New Year's resolutions, looking forward to the new year. And so we kind of built a sermon series around that idea. Typically here at City Light West Council Bluffs, we like to pick a book of the Bible and walk slowly through it. And we're going to be doing that uh, in the next, after these next four weeks, we're going to be in the book of Colossians, and we're going to be in verses 1 through 21, I think, for like eight weeks. So we're going to get back to just preaching through the Bible. But for the next few weeks, we're going to take a sermon series, taking common New Year's resolutions and trying to bring a, bring a biblical perspective to it. So like the most common New Year's resolution is that, you know, this year I want to lose 15 pounds or whatever it is. Like, we want to root you on and say, good luck, that's awesome. But what we also want to do here on Sunday mornings is to give you a biblical perspective of, like, what does God have to say about our bodies and how we take care of our bodies? Or if you're making a New Year resolution where it's like, I want to pay off this amount of debt or I want to save this much money, then we want to look at that and say, like, what does the Bible have to say about our relationship with our money? And this morning, we're kind of talking about uh, the New Year's resolution that many people in church have. Uh, and let, let me get a show of hands. How many people have ever tried to do Bible in a year? Just about everyone. And how many people have ever quit Bible in a year before you reach the end of Deuteronomy? Yeah, I'm here. I'm with you. Even your pastor's with you. This is an all too common occurrence for followers of Jesus is that we start a Bible in a year plan and it's kind of hard to finish those things. And so this morning we want to ask the question of like, what does God have to say about these things we do, about praying, reading the Bible, what we call spiritual disciplines. We want to talk this morning about spiritual disciplines. So as we get going on that Bible reading plan, maybe we have a fuller grasp of why we do it. Maybe we have a, a grasp of why do we fail sometimes to do these things? Like, oh, I'm going to wake up 15 minutes early every day this year and pray. But then when week two comes, that snooze button starts getting real alluring. Like, why is it that we are drawn away from these spiritual disciplines? And so what I want to do is uh, talk about all the different ways in which we can connect with God and become more like Jesus. 
And so I just want to define the term spiritual disciplines real quick. Spiritual disciplines are habits, practices. They are things that we do that help us be with Jesus and be like Jesus. We want to be a a church that multiplies disciples and churches. And if we want to define being a disciple of Jesus, it is someone who knows how to be with Jesus and is becoming like Jesus, with Jesus like Jesus. And spiritual disciplines are these things, these habits that we do in our life that help us become mature disciples of Jesus. It helps us be with Jesus and it helps us be like Jesus. So let's, let's get to our passage in John 15. We're actually going to start in verse 4 with this one very simple sentence. Abide in me and I in you. Abide in me. This is the first step of discipleship. If we want to grow as followers of Jesus, if we want to be mature, if we must abide in him. And we can't skirt past that too fast because abide is kind of this kind of churchy word. It was like, what does that even really mean? Like, what does that even really mean? Maybe we've heard this verse before, but let's, let's, let's talk about what does it mean to abide? The word means to actually stay or to remain. A bunch of biblical translations translate this verse, remain in me. And one, one translation I actually think uh, I liked a lot, it says, stay joined to me. Stay joined to me. To abide in Jesus is to stay joined to him, to be connected with him. It's simply to be with him. This is the first part of discipleship, with Jesus like Jesus. Everything in the Christian life flows from being with Jesus. This is why Jesus continues, he explains abide in me by using this analogy of a vine and a branch and fruit. The rest of verse 4 says this, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The branch cannot bear fruit by itself. And I'm no like herbologist or like plant person if you need that person talk to Allie Gilman. Like in fact, we were unable to even keep our flowers alive this year in our yard. If you came over for uh, like our 4th of July, we had some people over. If you were there and you saw those luscious, beautiful flowers, they only looked that way because Jordan went and bought some new flowers the day before because we had killed all the ones that were previously in those flower pots. I, I, I don't know much about plants, but I do know something very simple that if you remove a branch from the root, it's not going to grow any fruit. That was an unintentional rhyme. If you remove the branch from the root, it's not going to grow any fruit. It's going to die. It's going to wither up. It's going to shrivel. It's going to dry out. Cut a branch off of an apple tree and see how many apples you get off of it. And that's the point that Jesus is making here of like, as followers of Jesus, if we want to grow, if we want to be mature disciples, if we want to be becoming more like Jesus, if we are not abiding in him, if we are not connected with, if we are not with him, we have no hope of growing fruit. I mean, like here at this church, we long to see our city transformed and changed. We want to see addicts 
find healing. We want to see families be made whole. We want to see people find victory and freedom from the things that they're struggling with. We want to see these generations that have struggled and struggled and struggled actually prosper and succeed in the name of Jesus. But that will not happen unless we as a church remain connected to the vine. There will be no fruit if you are not connected to him. Jesus makes it very, very clear. If you do not abide in me, you will not bear fruit. Or using the language I talked about earlier, if you are not with Jesus, you will never become like Jesus. If we are not with Jesus, we will never see God's kingdom come the way he desires it to. If we, as followers of Jesus, are not connected with, walking with, abiding in Jesus, if you are not spending time with him, you will shrivel up, dry out, and never bear any fruit. If we are not with Jesus, we have no hope to be like Jesus. It's the truth he says in verse 4. And and on the opposite end, Jesus says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. So in the same way that not abiding in Jesus will not result in any fruit, he promises that if we abide in him, we will bear fruit. The result of being with Jesus is to become like Jesus. When we abide in Jesus, we will bear fruit. If we want to cultivate Christ-like character, we must draw near to him. We must remain connected to him. We must abide in him. Man, who you become and what this church accomplishes for the sake of the kingdom of God is no accident. There's a, there's a saying uh, by this business leader. It says, every system is perfectly designed to get the results it's currently getting. <laughs> so, man, if you're saying, like, man, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this, and I, I really need help here, and I want to see this happen in my life. Man, maybe your life is perfectly designed to get the results it's experiencing. And maybe what we need to do as a church, as a community, is to draw near to the vine. To abide in Jesus. Because when we abide in Jesus, he promises that we will bear fruit. He promises. Abide in me. We will not become like Jesus if we will not abide in him. But when we abide in Jesus, we will become like him. You will not become like Jesus because of pure happenstance. (laughs) It will only happen when we cultivate habits of drawing near to him. I read a book this past year that I kind of honestly think it should be required reading for any Christian in this modern age. It's a book called The Wisdom Pyramid by Brett McCracken. And what this book does is it like unpacks the challenge that we have in our modern age that there are so many things that distract us from being with Jesus. There are so many things that will, instead of spending time with Jesus, we spend time with the cable news anchor or with the Instagram algorithm or with the social media influencer or with whatever it is or the Netflix binge. There are so many things in our world that are vying for our attention and it's actually pulling us away from Jesus. It's actually distracting us from him and those things are actually beginning to shape us. 
The analogy that gets used in this book, it's called the wisdom pyramid, so you can kind of picture what he's going for. He compares it to the food pyramid. The things that you listen to, the things that you watch, the things that you consume will begin to affect your spiritual health in the same way the things you eat affect your physical health. Makes just a one-to-one analogy. And that's the same principle that Jesus is pointing out in John 15. That it's only by abiding in Christ that your life will produce Christ-like fruit. It, and, and here's the thing. It is that simple. <laughs> it is that simple. By abiding in Christ, we will bear Christ-like fruit. So we're, we're left with a question. I kind of set us up here to ask the question of what kind of things can we do? Like, let's get, I'm going to get real, real practical. What kind of things can we do to help us abide in Christ, to help us be with Jesus? Because here's the truth, there's a lot of activities you can do that may be like fun or good ideas, but they are not spiritual disciplines. (laughs) Listening to K-Love is not a spiritual discipline. Sorry. Half of what's on there is thin or bad theology, (laughs) and the other half is still not biblically prescribed spiritual disciplines. Watching the chosen is not a spiritual discipline. There are things that might be fun to do, but they cannot replicate or replace these biblically-based, time-tested spiritual disciplines. And so, I'm not, I'm not going to give you an exhaustive list, but I'm just going to give you a handful of things that we can do as a church to draw near to God, to abide in Christ. So the first is pretty obvious, read your Bibles. Ooh, who came here to church today to hear Read your Bibles. Well, let's go back to the basics. The Word of God is written down to us on ink and paper. Do you understand that? That God's holy Word is written for us to read. Do you know we we have Bibles that are just sitting on our shelves collecting dust. And meanwhile, in other parts of the country, people are dying to get just a page of it so they can read it. The living God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, he gave us a book. It's this book that describes to us perfectly of who he is, what his purposes are, what he's like, and he's given it to us. And yet it sits on our shelves, collects dust. We forget about it. If you've ever been to one of our equipped classes on the Bible, You've remembered maybe some of the statistics I've talked about, about how biblically illiterate Americans are, where we like think Joan of Arc is Noah's daughter or something. Like, There's all sorts of crazy stats, but like it's a non-negligible percent of people who think God helps those who help themselves is in the Bible. It, we, we are spiritually or biblically illiterate because we, if we're really honest, we don't actually dive into our words near as much as we know we should. We need to get into the scriptures. And nowadays, like, there's a million different ways to do that. Like, it's beautiful the age that God created us in where there's so many different avenues and so many different ways to get into the word of God. I mean, there's resources like the Bible Project. Like, you're never going to get to the end of the resources that the Bible Project's put out. All about, they'll, they'll explain each and every book of the Bible and what it's there for and what the purpose is for it. We have audio Bibles for people who have a hard time reading. We've got like journaling Bibles to where like there's space for you to write in it. There's all sorts of uh, 
things that we can do. We have study Bibles for people who like to get real in the nitty-gritty details. There are all sorts of ways that we can get into our scriptures. We really kind of have no excuse. Like, well, I'm not like a, I'm not like a reading, like I'm a a visual learner. Check out a Bible video, (laughs) Bible project video. Oh, well, I'm more of like a, like an auditory learner. There's audio Bibles. There's all sorts of ways for us to get connected to our scriptures. Man, if we aren't willing to spend just a few minutes a day reading scripture, what makes us think that we are following Jesus' command to pick up our cross to die to ourselves? We will not even die to 15 minutes to get into the word. That hits me. Reading scripture is a great way to abide in Christ because on every page you're reminded of who God is. You're told stories about what he's done. Like we think about it like a dating relationship. When you first start dating someone, what do you do? You sit down with them and you share stories about that one trip you took when you were in elementary school. Or you tell them about your one family member who did this thing once. You tell them all these stories that begin to fill in the pieces of who this person is. And in the same way, when we read the scriptures, we have all these stories. We have all these things that show us who our God is. It helps us to get to know his history. It helps us to get to know stories about things he's done. And and based on those things, we know his character. And we got, we got to keep going. I can't keep talking just about the Bible. There's more things we can do. Prayer, another just groundbreaking, mind-blowing <laughs> wisdom bomb from the front. Nobody saw this coming. Prayer, if I'm asking you as a Christian, what are the things you should be doing for your own personal walk with Jesus? Bible reading and prayer are right up there. And prayer is simply just communication with God. If we go back to our dating analogy, when we're dating someone, we don't simply read about, we don't just scroll their Facebook and read their profile, although that gives us a good idea maybe of who that person is. We actually need to talk to them. And that's what prayer is. It's just talking to God. Prayer is simply communication with God. It's an opportunity To draw near and speak to the almighty, all-powerful, eternal king of the universe. Because of what Jesus has done for us, we have access to him. That's amazing. In 1 Peter, we're told to cast our cares on him. Why? Because he cares for us. Like he's, our heavenly father just longs to hear our voice. He longs to spend time with us. We think about like, like earthly fathers. If you have kids right now or... You think about your father or you think about maybe adults in your life who care about you. They love just spending time with you. That's what prayer is. Prayer is just simply coming to God, understanding that the Heavenly Father just loves hearing your voice. It's like I heard this analogy once when talking about prayer. Uh, when When we come to God in prayer, it's kind of like, like a little kid when he goes into the grocery store and he's just like wanting all the stuff. He's like, I want some chips and I want a sucker and I want this and I want that. And, uh, and what he's saying in those moments, even though those things may not be good for him, what he's proclaiming to his father in that moment is, I know you have the money to pay for this. <laughs> and so I'm asking for it because I know you can pay for it, even though a lot of times we don't pay for it. And when we come to God, it's the same way. 
When we come to God in prayer and we said, God, it's, it's this act of dependence saying, God, I need you and I know you can do this. And so prayer is just this simple communication with God where we can draw near to him, cast our cares on him, and listen for him to speak back to us. Prayer. And and one thing about prayer that I did want to say is like we don't need fancy words or eloquent speeches to God. Read through the Psalms. Some of those Psalms are not real pretty. (laughs) Some of those Psalms are angry. Some of those psalms are frustrated. Some of those psalms are asking God questions. God's simple desire is that you would come to him. It doesn't have to be all put together and all prim and proper. We can just come to God because he loves us. Let's keep going. We abide in Christ when we are involved in the community of the church. We are the body of Christ. If we want to be with him, then we need to be with his people. We can't do this Christian life alone. We were never intended to do it alone. God has called us into a family. So it's, it's like, it's contradictory to say like, I need this personal salvation for myself, but not be involved in the family that God has saved us into. You can't, you can't have both of those things. You do have a personal relationship with God, but it was never intended to stay a personal relationship with God. You were saved into the family of God. And in the church, we get the opportunity to share in each other's victories and defeats. We get to celebrate in the good times and encourage each other in the bad times. In community, we get to share our weaknesses and invite others to call out greatness in us. In the church, we have the opportunity to experience the love of Jesus through his followers and to share the love of Jesus with his followers. So man, be involved in your local church. And at this church, there's a million different ways you can get involved. If you want to know, hey man, I want to get involved in the life of the church. Just come talk to me and Chuck. We can point you in the right direction. Let's keep going. Here's a hard one. Evangelism. (laughs) Spiritual discipline. We are commanded in the Bible to go share the good news. And it makes us all a little uneasy. I get it. But it's actually a good thing that it makes us uncomfortable. You know why? Because it magnifies our dependence on God. It magnifies our dependence. If you ever tried to talk to somebody about Jesus or offered to pray for a coworker, you know how much you're like, oh God, I need you right now. <laughs> it's scary. But as we evangelize, we're actually drawing near to the Lord because we understand and we know that in my human frailty, in my lack of good words to say, I actually need God to show up. But not only that, when we are telling others about Jesus, we are participating in the mission of God. And we are actively partnering with him to bring his kingdom here. You are never more aware of how much you need help from God than when you begin to share the gospel with someone. But you are never more aware of how much God cares for his people than when you share the gospel with someone. What an incredible opportunity it is as God's ambassadors to the world, to pray for a sick coworker, to encourage the friend who's going through a tough time, to share with someone who feels hopeless that all is not lost. What an incredible opportunity we have to encourage people who are at the end of their rope, to tell people that Jesus is there to meet them in that very moment, to provide freedom from sin, and forgiveness 
from their condemnation. How awesome is that? That's pretty awesome. Next, other ways that we can abide with Jesus. Giving. When we actually give of our time, give of our money, and give our abilities, when we give, we actually draw near to the heart of Jesus. And when we're giving, we're actually making a statement that we are giving up our selfish desires. We're saying, how I want to spend my time is not more important than serving this person. How I want to spend my money is not more important than the cause of reaching people for Jesus. If we want to train ourselves to be like Jesus, I think giving is a good place to start. Giving our time, giving our money, giving our abilities to serve, love, and invest in our community around us. Man, if we, if we want to be like Jesus, I think giving sacrificially is a great place to start. Just one more. Rest. Yes. Resting is a spiritual discipline that's commanded to us by God. In our world, we are defined by, we are judged by. Our worth is found in how much we can accomplish, how much we work. Never-ending and all-consuming. Me and Jordan were just talking about this week the phenomenon of the Apple Watch. The fact that and if you have an Apple Watch, I'm not condemning you. But the fact that we feel like the phone in our pocket is not close enough to us if we get a text, that's insane. <laughs> we need it so close, we don't even need to reach in our pockets to know if we got a notification on Facebook or to know if that person from work sent that email. It's this unending hamster wheel that will end to burnout. Like when we think about God's creation of mankind, God created in seven days. We know on the seventh day he rested, right? What day did God create man? Day six. So when we think about man's first day, although God did command him to work the earth, man's very first day on earth was spent resting with God. Just being with him. Just walking with him. Knowing his love, knowing that there's nothing you can do to earn or deserve the grace of God. And this is the way God has called us to live. Like, yes, there's things to get done and there's work to get done and there's kingdom building to happen. And we need help renovating our CLK space. But God has also called us to take time to rest. When we rest, it helps us to acknowledge that the whole world does not revolve around me. That this whole work of building this church or providing for my family does not rest on my shoulders. It helps us to realize and understand that God is the one who provides. That God is the one who's in control. And that God is ultimately the one who cares for us whether we have earned it or not. Rest is a spiritual discipline that will help us draw near to Jesus. When we rest, we are acknowledging that God himself is our provider and that our worth, value, and identity do not come from what we do, but from whose we are. So question, church. Talked about a whole bunch of lists there, and you may feel a little overwhelmed, like, oh no, I'm not doing that very well. But let me just ask you a question. If we as a church devoted ourselves to reading scripture, praying, being a part of the, of the local community, evangelizing, giving, serving, and resting, 
What kind of person do you think that would develop us into? How much would that change us? Like, I, I was thinking, like, even if, I, I, I'll just say my life. If I simply took a quarter of the time I spend binging Netflix and devote it to abiding in Jesus in these ways, how much do you think that would change me? How much do you think that would change our city? If we just gave up a little piece of scrolling through Instagram or perusing Facebook, what if we devoted ourselves to actually spending time with Jesus? If we spent just a small portion of the things that we spend wasting our time actually spending it with Jesus. Man, do you think the way you see the world would change? (laughs) Do you think your heart could be changed? Do you think our city could potentially be changed if there were this many people who said, man, I'm devoted to abiding in Christ? And I know all of us, if we looked at our calendars and saw all the wasted time and we compared it to the time we actually spent abiding in Christ. We already know we should be adjusting things. Like You don't need me to come tell you this. You know this already. It's a hard thing to do. Like, let's be honest. It's hard. It will take work. It will take discipline. I want to read 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into, get, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating, my air, beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. So after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. The picture Paul paints here is that like when you think about the Olympics and these people who have spent hours and hours and hours perfecting their body and training for this race. Like there's a huge difference between training and trying really hard. Like I don't care how hard you try. If you go in right now and try to bench press 600 pounds, you're not going to be able to do it. But if I was 25 years younger and started training from then, (laughs) maybe... Training a long period of time, working at it, training, 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 beating, like it says, making a blow to my body, making your body your slave. It's only then will you be able to accomplish that goal. It's like, man, the same same thing we talked about earlier was like, we're not going to produce fruit by simply trying real hard. It's by abiding in Jesus. And it's it's not going to be easy. We're going to have to sacrifice This is the work of a disciple. The word disciple and the word discipline, right in that same root word. As disciples of Jesus, we need to discipline ourselves to actually spend time with Jesus. It's going to take work and intentionality, and even with all that, it's going to be hard. No sugarcoating it here. And we want to know why it's so hard. (laughs) It's so hard because our hearts are bent towards our own selfish desires. It's natural for us to think about ourselves. I don't have to try really hard to spend all my money on the things I want, to only do what I want to do. Our hearts are bent towards our selfish desires and bent towards rebellion against God. And that rebellion, that selfishness is called sin. And it actually separated us from God. When God calls us as disciples to be with Him, 
Our sins separated us from him. And the good news that we celebrate every Sunday is that God didn't just sit up in heaven. He wasn't just cool with that. He said, no, I'm actually going to come down to them. And I'm going to live a perfect life. And I'm going to die a sinner's death on the cross so that although they are selfish, although they're constantly running from me, although they're constantly distracted from me, I still want to draw near to them so that they can be with me. This is the good news of the gospel that we celebrate. Is that like, man, our, our acceptance before God and our son and daughtership in his sight does not, is not contingent on us doing perfectly in our Bible reading plan this year. <laughs> it's because of what Jesus has done on the cross that we can be forgiven for our sin, brought into the family of God, and experience the life he always intended us to experience. And so church, as we take the bread and as we drink the cup, we remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid to be with us. My question is, what will you sacrifice to be with him this year? Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.